Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for checking out the Bone Jar this week. I have got a super special guest for you. Colby Curtola is hanging out with us the next half hour, hour, for it. I don't know, however long he wants to hang out with us for. He's here tonight at the Bone Jar. Hold on, he's coming. All right, here's the man, Colby Curtola. How you doing, bud? What's up, guys? I'm doing pretty good right now. Um, try to go flying today, but uh, the a little too foggy on the coast and a lot of dog walkers were at the spot I went, so uh, didn't didn't put any quads in the air. Well, you're coming off a big win this weekend. Uh, you were out at uh, Santa Cruz this weekend, weren't you flying out there? Yeah, out in Scotts Valley with uh, Santa Cruz Multi-GP, um, really great chapter here in Northern California, and um, got my second one in a row, with, uh, one last month and now this month, so I'm a little collection of medals from those guys. Yeah, it's a nice setup they have out there. They they know how to do it right at Santa Cruz, for sure, for sure. That This whole entire setup is amazing, right down to how they keep track of every single drone on the video system to make sure everybody's going through this, the gates. And I mean, it's very accurate. It's, it's top of the <laughs> yeah. line. It's very cool. Yeah, they stepped I was up pretty again. impressed. Din's kind of stepped up in a big way running the, um, the DVR system. And every time I show up, he's got some like new 3d printed box, like holding some new contraption. <laughs> so now they've got like a bunch of, uh, Furious True D goggle receivers that are in like a box and they have antennas on those and those feed into the DVR system that records the whole race. So it's, it's like a full production, um, you know, just for like 20 pilots. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's top of the line. No doubt about it. Let's see. I think I, I think I have a picture of you here. Oh, that's uh, you winning the race. You standing there. And I think I think that's Josh hanging. Is that Josh? Did he take second? <laughs> Over there, yeah, that looks like yeah, him. No, and second, man, that was a. I mean, there was a stacked field. Twidget was there, Meanwhile, Leviathan, yeah, and JK. So I mean, we got a really, really solid group of pilots. That's why I think you know the skill, the skill level of our our area is so high, is because we have just a lot of guys that are grinders and. Well, it's interesting that you you mention our area because you're a big part of the reason why our area is so. Um, infiltrated with good pilots <laughs> i appreciate that you know i i god i started let's see i started flying in 2015 but i started hosting races out on treasure island in like 2016 i want to say yeah yeah i i remember the very first race i came to in 2016 i actually didn't come to race just a practice session very first pilot i ever saw who actually could fly the drone crazy through the course was you. I mean, super inspiring. I think Flying Bear was there, but I'll never yeah. forget you doing, um, you had these little gates set up all over the place before you even had the fence set up, you know, to protect pilots. And you yeah. were flying this crazy power loop. You were doing like 20, 30 power loops in a row under this like tiny, tiny gate. And my friend and I were just, our our jaws were dropped. We're like, that's incredible. Like how, if we ever get half that good, we've accomplished, we've arrived. But, but tell me, let's, let's rewind. How yeah. did you get into FPV droning in the, I mean, the very first day that you thought, yeah, this might be a good idea. Take us back. So my roommate, um, drone doctor, Alex, he had a, um, 
he was in like RC planes growing up. We we grew up together. I never got into it with him, but I was in the RC cars. And not like hardcore, not racing or anything. Just kind of like took to the beach every once in a while. Um, but they always broke, and I just did not fix them <laughs> back then. But um, he came home one day with a, a TBS. Um, what is that thing called? Oh my god! It's like the first long range, like the big like ten inch props. Um, what's that thing called? Maybe the chat can help us out. Um, but anyways, he came home with that. Mm. And that had FPV on it, and it was running, um, it was running like UHF on it. So it was like a, it was like a long range rig, and um, so we started filming with that, and it was cool, you know. It was like, but it was like, you know, stabilized, had GPS, um, had a GoPro on it with a gimbal. So we started shooting stuff with that, and then um, that kind of led us to look. And I just we just started watching like YouTube videos on like drones and like you know we saw like Team Black Sheep videos on like FPV <laughs> drones and like videos of guys racing through like the woods. Yep. You know, it's a, everyone says the same video. It's that video. <laughs> yeah. He started flying at the same time that I did. Yep. Yeah, these French guys in the in the forest. Like that's the video that, and you know, obviously like Sharpoo, mm-hmm. big influence. A low, he was a Bay Area guy. Um. Yeah. So we started. You know, we built. The ZMR250, the knockoff. Actually, had a, so it's funny. The ZMR250 is a knockoff of the Blackout 220. So I had a knockoff of a knockoff, which is pretty funny. Um, so that was uh, my first drone. We started going out to Golden Gate Park before drones were even, you know, on the radar of government. And it wasn't illegal. And we started just flying around in horizon mode. Eventually, we started doing. Um, Rate mode is what it was called back in the day. Mm-hmm. So we started flying in rate mode, mm-hmm. and then we started building gates out of like pool noodles and PVC. Right. And then started, you know, racing out on Treasure Island like pretty regularly, like a couple times a week. So you you kind of spearheaded that group. You and a couple other guys were kind of the the foundation for getting San Francisco, you know, up and running. Really, I mean, the whole Treasure Island thing was incredible. Is that still going out there, or, is, or what's going uh, on out there? So like, it. Um, I used to work out. I worked for Skycatch, um, which was like a drone mapping company in like 2017, and. Um, we, we, I would host races there and meetups after work, so I'd be out there flying all day. And then probably in like 2018, they started kind of shutting it down because mm-hmm. that's when they started planning to. Because if people don't know, Treasure Island's being like completely torn down, and they're turning into like a new like kind of Brooklyn. Right. You know, they're going to turn into like high rise and like parks, and it's going to be a huge, the biggest like construction project probably ever in the Bay Area. Um, so now it's like all shut down. Like the place we used to fly is all blocked off by like shipping containers and like, you know, there's security rolling around yelling at you. Right. So you can still go out there and fly, but there's nowhere to, if you put gates Mm. up, they'll yell at you. So, um, that's no more. Yeah. Now we fly out of Baylands and Sunnyvale and like Santa Cruz. Well, uh, 
you uh, you build drones and you you design frames and I mean you do all sorts of stuff. I mean, what got you into like you've been on the DRL, you've been on the DR one, you've been on national TV flying. I mean, how do you just jump into that? I mean, you you've you've got so much going on in there between yeah. you know just picking up a drone to hey I'm going to be on TV next week. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was a. I mean, it, so when I when I started racing. There weren't a lot of us out there, mm -hmm. um, and there, you know, it was pretty. Uh, it's not. It wasn't easy to get to the top, but it was. There's a lot less um, pilots to compete with. Mm. So that's kind of, you know, I just had a head start on people. I think that's how. It, I, I, was I think you're being pretty modest, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, no. I, I mean, I grinded. Mm -hmm. I, I loved it, and. I had a gaming background, so I was a big gamer. Um, so that helped me with like a little bit of head start. Uh, but I just got addicted to it and just flew like every day I could. And um, yeah, that was. How did you get involved in Velocidrone? Where did where did that come from? Mm, Velocidrone, I found it. Um, it was in 2018 is when I first started using it, and. Um, that was about the time that I was doing like the DRL tryout. Mm -hmm. um, that was like a very popular thing. So I did the the tryouts in 2017, and in 2018, I was like one of the top qualifiers. And they asked me, they invited me to either go to the sim tournament, which was gonna be like a 24 pilot tournament, or they said I could come to a wild card race in in person and race against like seven other guys. Flying Bear was one of them. Mm -hmm. So I took the real life race. Probably kind of regret that now, but um, it was it was super fun. I think I had a better chance of winning the the sim race. But um, after that, I discovered Velocidrone, and said, holy crap, this feels way more like the quad I fly every day. Mm -hmm. And um, the community seemed really active. Um, you know, and I was flying liftoff a little bit. But the community was not really there. Um, yeah, that, I mean, I just kind of, I think what happened is that I wasn't able to host races in San Francisco, so I kind of started hosting races in the sim. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely taken off. I mean, it's, it's one of the hottest things out there right now, flying drones. Uh, I think combat mode is like the new greatest thing. I mean, that's like foot pedals like that changes the game you know it's incredible talk talk me through are you a combat pilot you like that yeah. what's your, what's your favorite deal on this thing uh right now it's definitely combat it's mm -hmm. just like it's hard to get the word out about it i think so the the um, user base has been kind of small well give us the concept so if if, if nobody's ever heard of it before talk to us about it if you're D if you're okay. flying in the drl all the time what is this combat stuff you're talking about so like, I mean, we've all thought about, I'm sure, like putting a gun on a drone or like a you know, you know, laser <laughs> system or like ball gun. A pretend one, pretend one. Yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Um, and you know, we've seen these tiny whip combat systems that have come out. People are putting a laser tag on on tiny whips. And so um, Ashley, the developer of Velocity Drone, and his son Liam, who works on the sim with him, um, Ashley basically said to his son Liam, like. This is your project, make combat and blossom drone. Um, so what it is is basically there's a new drone that we developed, um, Ashley and the team, the beta testers, the pilot, 
and that's one of the best things about Velocidrone is that the developers are like really in tune with the racing mm. community. Um, I feel like other sims, it's kind of like a separate entity. Velocidrone mm-hmm. feels like it's like the pilot sim, you know. And so like we tested different drones. We tested an X class drone with combat. It was too fast. We tested a tiny wheel, but it was too small to see. So what we ended up with is like a beast class size drone with 13 inch props that has a 2s powertrain. So it's pretty interesting. It's a big drone, <laughs> right. but it flies like a 2s. You know, mm-hmm. Top speeds like 50 miles an hour, 55. It handles mm-hmm. great. You know, you can whip it around, but it doesn't. It's definitely not fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what 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 we have is uh, basically a combat drone with a turret on the top, and um, the turret is basically aligned with the camera angle, and you have a crosshair on the screen. And we have these maps that myself, Lepro, and M Grower, a few other guys have built, and they're like insane combat maps. We've basically been it's pretty cool. We've been like figuring out the game as we go along by like building maps and like, oh this you know, this doesn't work. So like we're so we're basically like creating like a new genre of gaming. <laughs> so the way it works is you have different game modes, you have like deathmatch, team deathmatch, you have capture the flag. King of the Hill, so all these familiar first-person shooter game modes. And what you have on the map are these power-ups. So the power-ups are like different weapons. So like some weapons are more powerful, but shoot slower. Some have less power, but you know have a higher fire rate. There's shields. There's like speed boosts. And you know they're we're working on new stuff um, all the time. Basically, you know it's like a team. It's like a team sport in the sim. It's like really, really competitive. It's like insane. Like it gets, it gets pretty heated in some of these matches. Sure. Um, but yeah, so you can do like up to um, six, uh, five on five. So you can have ten players playing at once. We've had some tournaments um, that have been really successful, but um, we're definitely trying to get more people uh, interested in it and just get the word out. Yeah, uh, I think that's the number one key to FPB in general. It's just getting the word out and, and getting, yeah. you know, I think that kind of transitions to my next question is, what do you think about, you know, FPV? Is it growing? Is, you know, if you read, if you read half the Facebook posts, it's dying, you know, there's always yeah. the debate on all that stupid stuff. What what do you think the state of FPV is, you know, with not even to get into the regulations that, that are yeah. currently out there, but what, what do you think is the state of it? I think like, Racing is pretty like steady. It's not growing. It's not shrinking. Um, but like I think like freestyle and cinematic stuff is exploding right now. Mm-hmm. Being FPV drones being used in like Super Bowl commercials, car mm-hmm. commercials, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, you can. It's pretty. It's pretty cool to like turn on TV and see a commercial, and you can definitely spot when it's like an FPV drone mm-hmm. taking the shot, and. Um, so yeah, like heavy, you know, cine lifters are kind of popular now. A lot of like photographers and videographers are like getting into FPV drones to like add content to their like social media and like a lot of, um, you know, content creators are learning to fly. So that's just, that's definitely getting the word out there. Where do you fit into that? Do you prefer, um, do you prefer freestyle over, you know, racing or what, what do you, what do you like love to do? I mean, I, I I think I have more fun just going out and like freestyle, like not freestyle, but just like just cruising around. Free, I guess freestyling and 
I'm really enjoying working on my heavy lift, like cinematic rig right now. I just bought like a really nice 6K camera. So that's like my new project. Awesome. But um, racing is, is such a grind. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it for so long now. Mm-hmm. And just like maintaining your fleet. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's a grind. But like, I still love it. And like the wins are still just as satisfying. Mm. Um, but it's, it's exhausting sometimes. Do you have any tips for guys who are just getting into the racing? I mean, you mentioned your fleet and maintaining it, you know, talk to us about how that kind of works. Yeah. I mean, so what I would suggest people do is, um, you know, pick a, pick a frame that you like and, you know, figure out the components. You know, and there's so many people that are willing to help and need advice, but all this stuff right now is like pretty standard and generally works pretty well. All the stacks and motors, you can't really go wrong. What I would do is, you know, build like three drones, all the same, all identical, same parts, so that, you know, you know how to fix them all the same way. If you crash one and break an arm, you can, and, you know, you can use that one for spare parts until you get you know, that one back up in the air, like if you're at a race, which I do all the time, <laughs> I'm like, right. I'll come up with like two drones that are just like completely disassembled. <laughs> and one working drone. I, yeah, I've, one working drone. I came with three, left with one. Yeah. 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 On Sunday. But yeah, just, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I try to have like matching gear. Yeah. And, um, That's a big, big hint. First drone, you know, you, um, just to learn, but once you kind of have the hang of it, I would not go super cheap because you just don't want to use cheap components because you know they're going to fail. Would you say, I, you know, when you're racing, obviously VTX is important because you're not, you don't want to bleed on other people. Right. Uh, are motors more the most important thing? I mean, what what do you think is um, if you're going to spend the money on it, what do you spend in yeah. the most? You're going to invest yeah. in. Yeah, it's probably ESC. ESCs, really? Yeah. Success? Yeah, if you yeah, success, you want to get solid ESC that can take it. Mm-hmm. What 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 amp are you running right now? Uh, I just have a forty-five amp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I mean, if you're just getting into it, you're definitely not going to be pushing forty-five amps. Right. Um, we don't even do that. So like, it's just you just want to have that extra cushion and performance. Uh, motors, you can find motors now for like $10, like, you know, Emacs, Ecos, they're fine. Um, so, and like cameras are pretty like standardized now. You got Caddx has some cheap cameras, Fox here. That's what I use. They're, in my opinion, the best. They're a little more expensive than the Caddx. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's really important to see what you're flying through. Definitely. That's, that's like what you're relying on. So you want... The best camera you can afford, the best VTX out there, which aren't expensive. You know, TBS Unify Nano is like 30 bucks. Pretty much standard. Antenna. Yeah, good antenna and um, a capacitor on your ESC so you, you know, to reduce the noise from your camera and VTX and, you know, good goggles and you're good to go. So with racing, you know, a lot of guys love the digital and, and it's so awesome. It's so easy to see with racing because of proximity you're so close and bleed over effect. Do you, do you see yourself switching over to digital anytime soon when you're racing or do you think it's, it's an analog game? Um, I think, I mean, I know 
Ashley with Lost Jones been flying the uh, shark bite or the bite frost. I can't. The naming is like weird. Hmm. But um, he said that's promising. Um, I could not uh, for five inch racing. I wouldn't race the DJI. It's just the latency is too much. But for X class racing, it's fine because we're not doing like really fast movement. Um, you know, generally the courses are open, big gates, just turning around flags, so it's totally fine, and it's really nice. Um, but yeah, I think for five inch this year is going to be analog still. Maybe next year we'll see digital taking over. Have you, have you, obviously you played in the the DJI stuff. Do you have any of the digital equipment yet? Are you playing with it yet, or are you just? Um, yeah, I have. So I have the DJI V1 goggles, and I have three rigs that have uh, digital, my X class, my new filming rig, and like a freestyle rig. Yeah. So, so you've experienced the joy of digital. It's, it's really good. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's it's hard to go back. Like I can't. I can't fly an analog freestyle rig anymore. Just, it just doesn't cut it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear you on that. So do you design frames at all? Um, I don't personally do the CAD work, but I'm learning CAD. But um, I do work with my good friend Larry at Falcon Motors, and we um, kind of design some frames together. Um, the OSA, which is my racing frame right now, that are they're just coming back in stock, but hopefully this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Celebo was before that. That was my first race frame design with actually my second, but that was my first box frame design with him. Um, my first racing frame that I designed with him was the Raggio Veloce, which was a top mount frame. And then we built the uh, um, Velocity, which is a bottom mount uh, hybrid, mm-hmm. stretch hybrid. So the rear arms were longer than the front, which is mm-hmm. kind of a trend in like early 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved to the box frame because it flew more like the Sim, so a little more stability. And now I'm on like a super light box frame. So you prefer top mount battery batteries? Uh, bottom mount right now. Bottom mount. Yeah. Uh, and and just how come? Um, it saves your batteries. <laughs> you don't explode batteries on gates. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, you gotta imagine. Smack. Flying top mount. <laughs> the batteries. The first thing that's gonna hit everything. Gotcha. And I was just killing batteries. Gotcha. Celebo is a top mount. It flies really good. Mm. You know? It's, there's nothing wrong with flying top mount or bottom mount, just preference. Got, and saving your battery. That's a great tip right there. I love that. Where does your passion come from for FPV? I mean, you've been in racing forever, and like you said, it's a little bit of a grind. You know, you got where to, where do you get that energy to get up and go, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make FPV to the next level? Um, I think it's just the community that it provides that, like, helped me out a lot. Um through tough times and like I think it's just like I meet a lot of people all the time they're like you know FPV like changed my life and helped me out and you know I was kind of in a bad spot and I learned how I learned about drones in the community and made a lot of friends and learned a new hobby and like how to build drones and electronics and it's just like takes over people's lives in a good way so that is so cool so yeah that is really really cool. Is is your dog around? <laughs> he, uh, he's it, right, he's right. Oh, he's on the couch. Yeah, he's right on, right on. Your dog is legendary. We were talking about that earlier. What's your dog's name? Barnum. Barnum. Yeah, let me. I can, uh, That's so awesome. People love to see the dog. 
Hey, bud. Give me a boy. Oh, he's... He's like a stone. Yeah, he's chilling. <laughs> Love it, dude. Yeah, that dog has seen... Everywhere. He's seen... I was just going to say, he has seen some FPV in his time. Yeah. Tracks. He, he's been around, that's for sure. Where do you see yourself in five years? What, what's on your trajectory? I mean, do you think that far out? Are you planning that far out? <laughs> Hello, puppy. Um, not really. I'm more planning for like this year. I'm um, just trying to grow my kind of more professional filming side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely a tough market to break into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are you trying to do commercial work, film work, Hollywood yeah, stuff? I've done a couple commercials now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's, you know, I haven't gotten any opportunities in like a couple months. So it's definitely a process like getting connected and like, the well, producers and well dude now that you've been on the bone jar um things yeah. are ri- things are gonna start opening up for you dude yeah. you're gonna be surprised that that phone's gonna start ringing tomorrow you're gonna be like damn yeah. be- best career decision i ever made so yeah, where do you i mean that yeah that's my focus basically is mm-hmm. building a reel right now and mm-hmm. just spamming inboxes with like you need fpv footage kind of stuff like yeah, guerrilla marketing 101. Exactly, you know, yeah. you got to do it yourself. You're going to represent yourself better than anyone else for yeah. sure. And yeah, just spreading that that word out there. And I think you're right. Half the time people don't know that they needed the footage until you knock on their door and say, "Hey, look what I look look what's possible, you know." Yeah. I love it. I love it. So, where do you see FPV in 5 years? You know, with the the regulations that FAA is kind of tightening down and you know do do you see the drone police coming out of the woodwork you know not really (laughs) yeah it's too hard to enforce they don't have the budget (laughs) yeah right or or the know-how or the manpower all that stuff i mean yeah they're just i don't know it doesn't really bore me to be honest yeah i don't think the racing in the u.s is on the radar right i can't imagine someone rolling up to our race in Santa Cruz and like shutting us down because we don't have trackers on our drones, you know? Right. Knock but on like, wood. <laughs> right. For like a race organization like Multi-GP, they have to be, you know, they have to worry about the legality of stuff. Yeah. And I, I haven't looked into it that much, honestly, mm-hmm. the regulations, because I just really don't care. <laughs> right. I, I think a lot of okay. people feel that way. I'm going to wait to see what happens and mm-hmm. what they come out with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I just, yeah, we'll see what happens well, you, when it comes. Yeah. I mean, but you, there's nothing really we can do about it. That's for darn sure. I mean, I'll sign whatever petition you want to give me that says, you yeah, know, definitely sign petitions. I try and be involved for the protest, but like definitely supported that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, doesn't seem like it did much, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's weird. It's, you got to follow the money, and whoever's going to make the most amount of money from it seems to be the one that's making the laws. So it's kind of yeah, interesting. I mean, it's it's so kind of interesting. interesting. Like um, the uh, some of the regulations that I saw seem they're you can definitely see that it's geared toward the big companies' the deliveries, yep. right? That's yep. we're going to see drones dropping stuff off like all over the place, like pretty soon, I think. But I just. I think it's, I think, I don't know. I'm not too optimistic on the drone delivery stuff for like everyday use. Um, just cause I can't imagine like some 
store worker at Seven Eleven, like going outside and like hooking something to a drone for an order. <laughs> Seems kind of weird to me. Right. But, like I, I did work for a um, a drone delivery company that was doing medical deliveries. Um, so that like stuff like that is definitely is happening right now, and it's gonna keep growing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like some of the regulations I saw, like now you can fly over people, you can fly at night. Right. So that's all like geared towards delivery stuff, obviously. Right. Where the money is. <laughs> exactly. Always follow that money. Um, you you do a lot of a uh, track design, and you you have kind of a knack for it. People love flying your track. What what track design tips would you give someone who is just like looking at the editor going? Um, I'll put a gate there and a gate there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Help that guy staring at the blank screen. So Give us some a, of your wisdom. I have a video on my YouTube channel. Actually, it's like a a master class, mm. like an hour long, basics on how to um, use the track editor. So I definitely recommend watching that. It's all like the hotkeys and just how to get a basic track down. Um, but the, really, what you need to do is. Once you've flown a bunch of different tracks, you kind of get an idea of what you like, and then you kind of develop your own style. And then when you make your track, just like, um, you know, just try to find a flow with it and make sure it's not all like left hand turns. <laughs> try to make sure you got like some back and forth and, you know, some technical sections broken up by some easy sections. Um, so you have room to kind of breathe and like gather yourself before hitting the next obstacle is what i like to do at least yeah i that's that's a nice way to kind of describe how you're going through it and you mentioned that word that you hear all the time how's the flow of the track yeah but yeah yeah, talk a little bit about flow why is that so important um i mean it's just i don't know how to describe it it's like it's a feeling um it's just like a satisfying flight path that's like not too hard, but it's challenging enough to where it's like rewarding when you hit hit the obstacles. Mm. I guess is what I would say. It almost feels kind of knacky, like you get the knack for it, and it's got that groove to it almost. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's almost like you're locked into like a bobsled track or something kind of thing. <laughs> so uh, when you're flying, when you're at full speed, your brain. I mean, when I have such a hard time flying and racing because number one, it's hard to memorize the dang track. Right. And then after, and after that, it's like, I want to think, you know, okay, one gate ahead and where am I going? And you don't have time to think. I mean, it's just bam, 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 bam. How do you get your mind to that level where you're not thinking, I got to turn left up here. Got to watch that drop gate. Here it comes. I mean, you don't think about the drop gate. You just go through the drop gate. Well, drop gate you think about, but <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's just, it's just hours and hours of flying. That's all it is. It just comes down to stick time, what we mm. call it. And so with that, when you go out to the racetrack, you know how to do every single element that they're going to throw at you because you've done it a thousand times in the sim or in real life. Um, for me, like I'm an older pilot. My reaction time's not as good. I have some vision problems, so like when I'm racing, it's kind of blurry. Wow. Um, so like I rely on just my muscle memory. Mm-hmm. You know, I've flown so many tracks that I can go out to a track and in like two runs have it down. 
and then kind of start building on, you know, picking up speed in sections. But yeah, once you, that's what separates like the, the pro guys from like the amateur guys, like the ability to fly and like not think just completely in the zone. You're not trying to remember like a certain tip that you heard or like some like thing that you're practicing. You literally are just in the flow state, like just flying. And there's like nothing going through your mind. Yeah. Just listening to the sound of your motors and like the timer. And that's like, that's it. That's a good feeling, isn't it? It's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to get that feeling anywhere else in life, isn't it? I mean, that's what, that's the, that's the addiction right there. Yeah. So like, that's what we, that's what, you know, tracks us to it. Yeah. That does sum it up beautifully. Um, when I was out at the track on Sunday watching you guys fly and, and you, you showed up, and you just hopped in some goggles and you just, you know, had somebody walk you through the track a couple of times. And, and then you, you got on with your sticks and said, Hey, walk me through this. And, you know, one or two times through, you were able to kind of memorize that track. And I find that to be the hardest part is memorizing. Yeah. Are, are you, is there cues that you're thinking about? Are you like left, left, right? Or like there's, you know, it's the left. Are you counting out turns? I mean, no. what's the secret to memorizing or Give us a hint like, on how we, how do you do that? I mean, like the last, so Sunday's track, for example, right? You started off with a sweeper, which is like gates in a turn. So I've done a sweeper a million times. So I know how to do that. I don't, there's nothing to think about there. Mm-hmm. And then it went to like a, a ladder, right? With like a low, a low gate underneath. So it's like ladder, ladder right. And then like a chicane, which is like a, a quick U-turn, then a right turn. Um... And then, I don't know, it's like, it's literally all it just comes down to is just having the hours on the sticks. It's like. So do you break it down by element? Kind of how you yeah. said, like, okay, yeah, next element. element. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I mean, there's, there's definitely elements that you don't need to think about, right? Where you come up to a four flag slalom, it's straightforward, right? It's just like, you just have to know where to enter it, right side or left side of the first flag. And then it's just like right, left, right, left. And then it's, I mean, there's nothing really to think about there except, you know, you're turning. Um, and I mean, and then you, after that, you think about, okay, what's the next gate I have to hit? Um, so, for example, we had that, that the triple ladder, right? Mm-hmm. We, we came around after the split S and went up through the high gate and then turned into the dive gate. When I was, before I was even hitting that high gate, I was already thinking about, how I'm going to get into that dive gate fast, you know, in a fast motion. So like, I'm already thinking about the next gate. So I'm lining up the next gate by hitting the, the gate before it in the right spot. Mm. So you're not just, you know, making you turn and flying through that gate, like perfectly centered, right? Like mm-hmm. straight through it. You're hitting it at the right angle so that you can swoop into that, that dive gate. That was a really tough angle. So, you know, I was knife edging that gate so that I could line up for the dive gate instead of flying through it straight and then like swooping all the way around and losing time. It's almost like you're tying the two things together. Like it's, it's, it's not separately. Right. So that's like, comes back to the flow where you're stringing stuff together and then you have a little breathing room like the sweeper. The sweeper wasn't really breathing room. That was really hard, but like pretty straightforward. You don't have to think much. You just have to keep it centered. And like, you know, you had that long straightaway in the backside where it's kind of, okay, catch your breath. What do I have to do next? Okay, I'm hitting the column. Okay, and then what I have to do next? Okay, we got to split us. So you are thinking about the elements for sure. 
um, and you're also thinking about you know the, what's coming up next, so you're setting yourself up for success in the next element. And then, is that by the time you're done, you know, you guys race thirty, forty races, or you know, times before you you do your finals there. Is it does it get to autopilot by the the main heat? I mean, where you're not thinking about that anymore, and you're just you're just racing at that point, or is it still every time? Really, you're still kind you're of aware. You're still processing mm-hmm. track as it comes at you, unless you're like on the sim. You can get to that state where you're just an autopilot by mm-hmm. unlimited times. But like on Sunday, I only had like three packs, and then I went to the B main, so I was still kind of like really thinking about lining up stuff. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I guess that, uh, again, kind of what separates um, an amateur from a pro is when you can just come to a race and learn the track there and fly it well enough to win, you know? So <laughs> that's kind of cool. Frustrating to see for the guys. Yeah. Like, learning, but it's the, everybody, everybody yeah. loves you, man. That's like, it's like, dude, that's, for some people it's frustrating, but for like, the people that are going to be good at this sport, that's motivation. Huge. They can yeah. be like, look, that guy, he spends hours in the sim every week, you know, and he's been flying for so long that he can just show up and do that. Like, that's what I want to get to. So it's like, you can look at it as like in a negative or positive. And like, that's why Z sounds progressing so fast is because mm. he likes the abuse. He'll come to a race, <laughs> and he'll race the fast guys and he'll go home after losing and he'll, spend even more time on the sim so i was just so happy that he got second yeah yeah sunday that guy deserves it he's like he's like "Ah, you know i don't feel like i earned it because the other guys crashed out i'm like dude that is 99 percent of drone racing is not Not crashing out not crashing is literally all you have to do right (laughs) once you get i mean you got to fly at some pace right when you get to like the big events right like not crashing is like the most important thing you, you have to focus on. Like they didn't perform. You did. Yeah. It's a, it's a victory. Like there's nothing to be ashamed about. Yeah, totally. Even if your lap times were slower, it doesn't matter. Right. Because it's the pressure when your heart's beating and that timer's going off, you know, five seconds and you're like in the, that, that it's a different game. You know, that's what racing is. And it's not necessarily the fastest time. It's the guy who didn't crash. Like you said, yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because when when you got to the race, every, everybody loves you so much. And when you got there, everybody was just like, "Oh, here comes the winner. Here's here's the guy that's gonna win." Like, "Oh, he is showing up. He's gonna win after all." It's like, "Okay, the battle for second begins." You know, but it's cool. I think Levi was the favorite. He was setting down some hot laps. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, was doing awesome too. I mean, they were all everybody was hot that day. I there were some great pilots there. Um, you have a great crew. I think what's helped me a lot lately is I switched to TBS Tracer, so I'm on the um, 2.4 gigahertz mm-hmm. uh, radio link, and it's like super fast reaction time, uh, really good link quality. So I'm running that on my Spectrum radio, and it's like it's been a game changer for me for consistency. Yeah. Yeah, it, I when I saw you with that Spectrum, I'm like, what? I, I was I was shocked that you were flying Spectrum. I'm like, that's is that the secret? <laughs> like, it's super old school. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. not yet. Now everyone's running. All the top racers are running Tracer or Ghost. Yeah, yeah, Ghost. They want to be competitive. Yeah, Corey's still on Spectrum receivers. Um, mm-hmm. 
he was having issues with ghosts, so I'm mm. trying to get him on Tracer. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you mentioned, you know, Corey, Miwu, and all those guys. You have a, a pretty big crew there. The SF, SPV group is like, what, over a thousand pilots in, in your um, multi GP chapter? Oh, man. I don't know if it's that big. Um, pretty big group of guys. It's like one of the biggest ones around for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, if you combine, yeah, I mean, Santa Cruz multi GP, but definitely the biggest in California. Santa Cruz and like Baylands are kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you combine that with like four and five and like Sacramento, you know, we definitely have probably the most pilots in the country, maybe besides like, I don't know, Florida or something. Yeah, it'd be tough to find another place that densely populated with pilots and good races. I mean, we're truly lucky to be in the Bay Area for sure. Um, yeah, speaking of that, we've got, um, just want to give a shout out about the Cali Clash coming up in uh, yes in end of april it's gonna be in northern california finally last two times it's been in socal um so we're gonna yeah. be at home uh norcal is the defending champion two times so we're gonna have it on our home court and it's gonna be uh we're gonna have spec racing with the 523 spec and we're gonna have five inch open racing and we're also gonna have x-class racing if the grass isn't too dry yeah, that's that's cool. X class is kind of one of those things that's kind of up and coming, and I think it's one of the most exciting things to watch in in person, for sure. Uh, yeah, it was definitely like it was taken off. We were doing the races in Antioch at the the racetrack, mm-hmm. then like COVID hit and they stopped racing. So yeah, it shut everything down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think ho- hopefully you know I don't have a crystal ball. Hopefully with the, some vaccines and some, you know, who knows, hopefully things, I hear June, it's going to get back to normal, but I've heard that, like, I've heard every other month is going to get back. So who knows, yeah. right? Who's got a crystal ball? So racing. Yeah, exactly. We're doing what we can. We're And everybody was very socially, um, you know, distant and had very respectable on the race on Sunday. It was like, everybody was yeah. very responsible. Outdoors, you know, so it's yeah. as safe as you can get. Yeah, and everybody's masked up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What an awesome day that was. So, um, sponsors. Do you do you have sponsors? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to do it without them. That's for sure. Yeah, who who are your sponsors? Uh, so, um, Spectrum. I run Spectrum Radios. I've been running them since 2018. <clears throat> Team Black Sheep. That's where I get my my VTXs and my receivers now. Um, Foxier, I run Foxier cameras and potentially I'm going to be switching over to their ESCs and flight controller this season. Uh, T-Motor, I run their motors and, um, Falcon Multirotors is my frame sponsor. That's awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. I, one of the, you know, <laughs> the first questions that people ask when they get into FPV is always, how do you get sponsored? How do you, you know, and it, it's always the same answer. You know, you fly really good for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, you, either, you know, you either like top, you know, top 10, you make it to nationals, mm-hmm. top 16, mm-hmm. you'll probably get some sponsors out of that. Or you just have good content, um, you know, social media presence mm-hmm. and, you know. How much time a week do you spend on your social media presence? <laughs> oh man, I, my Instagram is like pretty weak. I don't really spend a lot of time on it as much as I should, but um, you know, I'm I'm getting back into more edits on like my YouTube channel. 
make product reviews and stuff. Um, so it's sometimes it's a little frustrating when you put a lot of time into a video and you know it doesn't get any traction. Mm-hmm. I just gotta keep grinding at it. Right. But yeah, I'm definitely trying to do more product review stuff. So I'm doing like documenting my heavy lift drone, the X8 cinematic stuff, I'm documenting all that build to help people out. Yeah. That is awesome, by the way. That is a Thanks. really cool project. Yeah. Um, to, to, you know, doing like new prop testing. I got a diatone um, five inch long range rig coming that I'm going to test with the ready to fly drone. So, yeah, I'm trying to get, get the YouTube channel like kind of geared up a little more this year. Yeah. What do, you, what do you consider your biggest success so far in FPV? The thing that you hang your hat on and go, dang, I can't believe I accomplished that. Uh, it was probably a DCL this season, the uh, Drone Champions League sim race when we beat X-Blades. Huge. And, um, yeah, that was a week, I don't even know what week, I think it was week three. We beat, it was the first time that Quad Force One has, had ever beaten X-Blades. Um, we were in the finals together, came down to the final heat. It was me and uh, Pavel versus Drobot and... Um, Dark X, just like just insane. <laughs> that is, and, um, Pavel was on fire. He, he, we pretty we were pretty confident he could win the heat, and it was up to me to get second, give us enough points to beat X Blades. And I wasn't winning any races. I wasn't. I was getting like third every heat, and the final heat, I just like pulled together and got second place, and we won. And it was just like pandemonium. It was insane. Yeah. That's awesome. So that was, I mean, that was my racing highlight for sure. Like I've yeah. never been, I've never celebrated like that before. That's cool. Congrats on that. Um, so you obviously have the the coolest job in the world. Like you, you kind of like get to do what you want to do with your life. Um, do you see that you would ever do anything different than this? I mean, is this this your path? Yeah, is this this your path? Broke. (laughs) Well, you're doing it for love, not money. Yeah, right. There's no money in this. Yeah, it's it's definitely a struggle trying to make a living doing this. Um, Obviously, like race winnings aren't really a thing right now. Well, you got a cool medal. Yeah. Um, So that's why I'm getting more into like the filming gigs. That does pay well. Mm Hmm. Um, it's just hard to get into that industry, but, um, I really enjoyed doing the drone delivery stuff where I was out in the field testing, you know, these like, you know, $50,000, $100,000 drones that were carrying like blood samples and stuff. So that was pretty wow. exciting. Wow. But, um, the commute was just insane. It was like three, four hours a day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I could, I could get back into something like that. Like, um, quality assurance testing on like drone stuff for like delivery companies, that kind of thing. You think you'll always have FPV or drone in your career path or part of what you do with pretty much the rest of your life. I mean, is that pretty much what you want to be part of? Eventually something else is going to come along and FPV will be like obsolete. What? I'm sure eventually AI will be like, Oh no, we don't need. (laughs) Right. 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 You use a controller with your hands. Huh? How barbaric. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, who's your favorite pilot? Oh, geez. Um, race pilot. It's got to be heads up. 
Yeah, that guy's a beast. He's it's just like fastest pilot in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. He lets me spot for him at big events. I don't know why, but he always you know, he spot for me, so I, I get his like co pilot. Wow, that's know, cool. It's like he's on the flight line just talking smack while he's flying. <laughs> it's just like, he's so confident. Oh, I love ability, it. And it's just like it's crazy to watch. That um, is cool. My favorite freestyle pilot? Oh, man. Ah, I don't know. I have to think about that. Is there any pilot that you admire and go, man, I, I wish I could fly like that guy? Um, I mean... You're like, no, I fly better than those guys. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They, they wish they could fly like me. <laughs> Everyone's got their own style. I mean, obviously, I wish I had the... The presence that Johnny FPV has, you know, he's making a healthy living filming. So that's kind of what I aspire to be. Yeah. Um, in terms of racing, obviously, you know, Evan, uh, Chief, uh, he's a really solid pilot, really smooth. I love watching him race. Um, and he's a little bit older, so he's like kind of, you know, a good target for me. Um, but yeah. I have my own style, so I'm happy with that. Yeah, no, t- definitely. I think a lot of people emulate you for sure. I mean, a lot of people, you're kind of a benchmark that a lot of people, you're very modest about your flying. That, that's, that's for sure. So how can, how can we, the, the common people, how can we help FPV grow? How can we, uh, you know, just out there in the field flying, how can we make this sport bigger? Um, you know, just like pass along the, the you know the the tips and tricks that you get from other from pilots that you got learned from kind of pass you know pay it forward and hand it down and you know if i can get like five people hooked on it and they can get five people hooked on it it just kind of a tree just grows so just you know when you're out flying in the field and someone's walking by and they look have that curious look on their face you know talk take five minutes to talk to them about it yeah let them, you know show them that drones aren't these like spy tools that like some idiots flying in his backyard over their neighbor's house. It's like, no, that's like a small fraction of it. You know, we have like all walks of life that are into racing and kids, old people. There's a guy I just met. He's a quadriplegic military veteran who races with the palm of his hands. And he's like really good on the sim. So it's just, there's no barrier to entry for this really. Mm-hmm. So that's what's, you know, what's really cool about it yeah i i i when i first got into fpv three or four years ago i thought oh my god everybody will be flying drones tomorrow you're like next week as soon as everybody finds out about this you know buy invest in this heavily because this will be the next biggest thing and i think the it's hard it's the learning curve on it you know some people compare it to like playing guitar or learning an instrument or you know it's it's not as easy as just picking up a video game and playing it two or three times and 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 oh i'm awesome at this if you're the first time you've ever picked up a controller and you're just uh this is just so hard for me what do you what do you tell that first pilot pilot that very first day on what do you need to remember or concentrate on i mean the sim is just like the most valuable tool that you can possibly invest in yeah it's just like grind out the sim 
get confident on there and then go out in real life and break stuff there. Um, so, I mean, there's just some people out there who just don't have it in them to, to you know, the hand-eye coordination to do it. I think it has that stick to it ability. People who can stick to, with it on yeah, things. You gotta get. There's definitely some like yeah. barriers that you gotta break through. Mm. Um, so it's it can be very frustrating. You know, you go out with a new drone and you break it. I know a lot of people that put their mm. gear up online for sale, like you know, after like a month of trying it. <laughs> right. So it's, right. you, you got to have definitely have like a competitive spirit. If you want to get good at racing, you got to really kind of have that sports background or some kind of competitive background. Definitely. It's, I mean, if if you don't, you know, if you want to just do it for fun, that's totally fine too. Um, you know, as long as you enjoy it and you don't care about winning, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's, you know, that's totally cool too. I think it fulfills that inner dream as a, a kid to go fly. You know, I want to fly yeah. like Superman, you know, and, and it, I think it fulfills that for, I know it does for me. I think a lot of people get into it for that freedom of, you know what, I just want to go, I want to go over there. So I'll just fly right over there type of a thing. And the freedom it gives you is pretty incredible. That's for darn sure. Well, um, Dude, I am super stoked. I've I've asked you every question I could think of to ask you, and I'm I'm super glad that you've been hanging out with me for so darn long. Um, is there anything that you would advice that you would pass on to anyone before I let you go here and and end up the show? But is there anything that you wanted to say to anyone or pass on and as advice to, to new guys getting into it, or to maybe even people who are thinking about getting out of it, or any, anything that you want to say to the FPV community? Hmm. You know, just be responsible, be safe when you go flying. There you go. It's we're on You represent us all. Yeah. Yeah, we're on thin ice right now. So Hmm. like every time you go out and fly, you have the opportunity to either like make someone hate drones or like be excited about them. Hmm. Like the more people we can get excited about drones, the easier it's gonna be to like you know, work on the regulations and just grow it, grow the sport. Awesome. Be safe. (laughs) Be safe. Be smart because you're right. You're you're representing every single person that flies a drone every time you pick up a a drone out there. So you represent everybody. You know, sometimes I do stuff that's questionable, but in my mind, if I'm safe, there's no one that's in danger um, I'm not flying over people. I'm not flying near like an airport. Just like general stuff. Um, you know, that's the most important thing. Definitely. Sometimes we drive over the speed limit a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes you know, <laughs> no seatbelt on, going down to the corner store. It's like no FPV pilots never. They owe they follow every rule and regulation. Just <laughs> be as safe as you can and be careful. You demand, dude. Well, dude, uh, Colby Curtola, guys, hanging out on the bone jar. I am so glad you got to spend about almost an hour with us, man. You are the man. I super appreciate it. Um, guys, check out Colby on YouTube. His YouTube channel is growing. Uh, you can just you type in Colby Curtola on um, YouTube or uh, you'll find his stuff. Google him. Uh, super easy. Yep. SFPV. Also, uh, if you guys want to, uh, we'll get the link for the Discord channel for the Simibaters. That's where you guys can, new pilots can come and hang out and 
ask questions and start joining the races with us online. And that, by the way, is an awesome resource. If you need to figure out, you know, why is my VTX not coming on? Or I, my, my remote control does not come up in beta flight. What the hell? You know, yeah, that's yeah. a great place. <laughs> totally. There'll be someone in there. Be, oh yeah. 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 Which God, can you imagine if we had that four or five years ago and we just started getting into uh, it? Like, uh, they're doing so. Yeah. You just plug it in, just solder it. You'll be fine. It's all good. All right, guys. Well, that's a uh, thank you, Colby, so much for being on the show. I super appreciate right. it, guys. I'm gonna hop out of here and take care. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you guys. Out of the way, Hector.